Well, Kimberly Buchanan, uh, welcome mm-hmm. to the journey. And Thank you for having me. Yeah, not a problem. So let me just share just a little bit about what the journey is. And, okay. and what I try to do is just have guests that come on just to share their story of different aspects of their life that they have maybe learned throughout their life of if there was, uh, let's say, a setback in their life, what did they learn from that? What did they learn as they may have been navigating through their life? Sometimes it's big things. Sometimes it's maybe not so um, not so big, but it just ends up being um, a shared human experience. And okay. um, and so this idea of transformation, idea of failing forward, um, or recreating yourself is really what we're trying to capture. Okay. So not, never knowing who is going to be listening, and uh, never <coughs> knowing what seeds we might be planting for someone else. So, um, so Sounds again, good. so well, welcome. And uh, so I usually just start off with just asking, um, just about you as a person, and okay. if, if and I know you're a busy lady. So, but when you have an opportunity to have fun, what what do you do for fun? <laughs> I don't do much for <laughs> fun. Um, I think. Just hang out with my girlfriends. I'll probably call someone up for okay. dinner or okay. meet them for dinner and just laugh. Okay. So sure. um, that to me is fun. Sure. You know, just laughing, having a good time, and kind of putting the the worries of the day aside, sure. so to speak. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I've I've shared this before, but um, my son is finishing up graduate school, and when he was an undergraduate and he was playing football in college and um i would i would hear him he he has his room is down in our in our lower level in our Mm -hmm. basement and i hear this laughing coming and i'm like what is going on (laughs) and uh so i go downstairs and he's watching um a stand-up comedian Mm -hmm. and i said so i don't know if it was that night or later on i asked him about um about that and he says that's how he um decompresses that's how right. he you know when the papers are done or when everything's done he'll put on some comedian that he likes and just laugh and um in just recent last week we were he wanted to show me someone uh who's coming to the rockford area mm-hmm. and um, i had heard about this particular comedian and i was just 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 hadn't laughed that hard in a yeah. long time so uh, i have one particular girlfriend that i call okay and um She's not a comedian, but she could be. Yeah, okay. She could be. <laughs> and um, so we go out for dinner sure. or, or meet up. And I'm telling you, before she can even, sometimes before she can even get it out, I'm mm. laughing. She's like, you're laughing already. I'm uh, like, because I just know yeah, it's going to be like so funny to me. Sure, sure. And she's just that type of person. Yeah. She's very humorous. Yeah. So. And it's always great to be able to have access to those people right. and be able to reach out to them. So, so uh, Kimberly, you uh, now... I met you while you were here in Rockford, but mm-hmm. have you always been from the Rockford area? Born and raised. Born yeah. and raised. Okay. And Born then and what what high school did you go to? I went to Auburn. Auburn. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. And um and so and uh, your your family and your family of origin siblings. Uh, Actually, um, I have one sibling, okay. but we're sixteen years apart. Oh wow! So she okay. wasn't born until I was sixteen years old. Okay. So okay, she's a she's a sibling, but she's more like our daughter. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So because of the age gap. So in a lot of ways, you were kind of raised as an only child. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very much so. Okay. And mom, dad, what did what did mom and dad? Mom and dad were not together, okay. so I was raised in. 
by my mom. Okay. A single mom. Okay. Yeah. And what did your mom, do? I mean, obviously she had a lot going on to, yeah. to, to support you and, and, and do life. What, what did your mom do? Well, my mom has a very, um, she just retired from Comet about a year ago. Okay. But my mom has a very large family. So okay. she has six siblings. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Six okay. siblings. And I was the first grandchild. So. Oh. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so and you had lots of uh, lots yeah, of people involved. <laughs> yeah, and three of her six siblings do not have children, so I was oh. kind of like their okay practice. Dummy. Practice, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of people involved yeah. with with helping. Definitely uh, helping took you. a village. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. So and now you're married and you have uh, two sons. Yes. And and so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I've been married 20 years. Okay, yeah, congratulations. Been, thank you. Been with my husband for about 28 years. Okay. And we have two boys. Mm-hmm. Um, one is 18 years old and in college now. Okay. And the other one is 14 years old and a freshman in high school. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So, no, and where's your oldest going to school? Marquette University. Marquette, okay, mm-hmm. okay. And um, and my daughter goes um, to University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, so oh, I know okay. that pretty, yeah. clo- pretty Very close. close, yeah. Yeah, close proximity. And, w- and does he, what is he just thinking he's studying right now? Um, um, he's studying communications, but he has a minor in broadcast journalism, so he has a desire to be on a radio show. Okay. So he does have a show there at Marquette, actually, is the number one show on campus right now. So. Wow, good yeah. for him. Good he's for him. He's doing very well. Well, now he's, and I, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. didn't he um, actually start doing, playing around with that when he was in high school? Uh, messing yeah, with he it? actually started playing around with it at about nine years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so he was known as the radio kid around town. Okay. And so he had a radio show that broadcast out of Rockford University. Okay. Yeah, so that was one of the things he asked for as a Christian. Okay. Yeah, so it took some maneuvering, but Rockford University agreed to give him a show. So he started at that point. Interesting. Very early on. Interesting. But back then for him, and he did it for a couple years, but it wasn't the popular thing to do. So I think he kind of felt out of place with his peers because he was doing a radio show Mm -hmm. and they were playing basketball, football. And so it took a while. So he took a break from that and it took a while for us to get him comfortable with being who he wants to be, you know, regardless of what his peers were doing. And so he really just hit the ground running. We asked him to wait a year before he did anything like that in college Get in there, get your feet wet, but he didn't do that. So he he hit the ground running, and his his show went to the top right away. Well, good for him. Mm-hmm. Good for him. What is uh what what's the show typical? What's the platform? What's it typically about? Actually, it's a different kind of platform, which I love. Is um he has a co-host, and then they have a panel of people in the room. Okay. Um, and it's more, it's about what's going on in the news. It's kind of like hip hop, R&B is their music. So they do like a top 10 countdown, but they talk a lot about current events, what's going on around campus. And they have guests in that they interview, but I like the fact that it's a panel discussion. Mm -hmm. So he'll ask, you know, the panel, what are their thoughts? And they'll all chime in. So very interesting show for a very group of intelligent very intelligent young kids. Interesting. So, yeah. And obviously there's an element that must be very popular mm-hmm. and because because he's a freshman this year, right? Well, he's not technically a well, freshman. Right. He, but he, did the, he, did, he did the running start. Yeah, he did the start? Rock Valley program. Yeah, yeah. So he went in with college credits already. 
but you can say he's a freshman. This is his first year on the university campus. Okay, that, yeah. that's what. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what it was. Okay, so so tell us a little bit about about your about yourself and what you what you do. And I know mm-hmm. you have a lot of different things that you do, and and in a lot of ways, I think part of part of that I was fascinated about mm-hmm. is that you've kind of created your own world, and in what with what you do. So tell right. us a little bit about after Auburn, you went. Did you go to college right away? Yeah, after Auburn, I went to college right away. Um, I grew up with a single parent, Mm -hmm. and college was never an option for me. So it was just a matter of which one of these schools (laughs) are you going to be going away to. So I did go away to college originally to be a news anchor. Oh, really? Yeah, I did an internship here at WTVO in Rockford, and I quickly realized that wasn't going to be a good fit for me just read just news anchoring in general was Mm -hmm. not a good fit for me okay and but I love communications I love the aspect of communications I love everything about it so I started thinking about how can I still make communications a part of my career I just didn't want to be in a position where like a starving artist job like Mm -hmm. working my way up and Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. kind of thing and so I went back and changed my major to corporate communications, okay. which still allowed me uh, to learn all aspects of communications, PR, marketing, communications, speaking, radio, broadcasting, all of that. Okay. And so I majored in corporate communications, and my career path is probably a little unique. I've never applied for a job, ever. Okay, okay, interesting, okay. <laughs> yeah, so which is interesting. <laughs> yep. I... Um, was in school and I called up Swedish American for and asked, hey, I'm going to be graduating soon. I had gotten a job at the Rockford Register Star, mm-hmm. but I that's not where I wanted to be either. Mm-hmm. So I called Swedish American and I said, hey, my major is communications. Can I come there and learn? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have an internship? Can I work in the summer? And they said to me, we don't have anything right now, but when you graduate, call us. And so when I graduated, I called back and she said, well, we don't have anything here, but we'll keep you in mind. Okay. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) And then a few weeks later, they called me back and said, hey, we just had someone go out on maternity leave. Okay. Would you like to come and work? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Sure. So (laughs) I went in and I started doing this job in my manager there became more of a mentor for mm-hmm. me. She got me in the International Association of Business Communicators, and she would actually come in on Saturday. So this was an internal communications job. And at that time, they had about 12 locations regionally at Swedish American. She would actually come in on the weekends and show me how to create their newsletters, how to become a better writer, just how to become a better communicator in general. She had several years and was very seasoned um, in communications. And after being there for a couple, I I would say probably a month or so, the person that went out on maternity leave called and said she's decided to become a stay-at-home mom. Mm. So my boss said, if you can continue to learn this job, then you can keep it. And for me, at 18 years old, I was making, I mean, this was an adult job. Like, it was really, really good for for a person my age. So now, was this, this was after 
right after high school or was this right, right after, after college? Right after college. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're a young adult making yeah. corporate money, right? Yeah. And like enough money to go buy a brand new car off the showroom floor. Okay. Like for me, that was huge. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so um, I worked that job for about four years. I got my master's degree okay. through the program there at Swedish American. Okay. So I got my master's in communications while working full time. And driving back then, I had to drive back and forth to NIU. There was no online Mm -hmm. and all of that quick thing they have not going on now. And so I got my master's degree there. And I had mentioned that my manager got me into the International Association of Business Communications, and I was on the local board of directors. So there, I met a person that worked for Woodward Governor in communications. Okay. And... They approached me about a position in media relations there. So it was more doing still some internal communications, but more globally and also media relations. And as Swedish American, I was just internal communications. Mm-hmm. So I made the switch to Whitworth Governor because it broadened my, my portfolio sure, yeah. into media yeah. and to more of a global company. Yeah. And after being there for years, 9-11 hit and they downsized. Mm-hmm. And I lost that job. Mm-hmm. And talking about devastated because we had just had a kid. Now we had our first kid then. And I didn't, like, know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so I, at, at Swedish American and at Woodward Governor, I was in the media a lot. So I was doing media relations. So I was doing interviews, writing press releases. I was doing a lot in the media at Woodward Governor. And word had traveled that I had stopped working. And so people started calling me for one-off jobs. Can you do this? Can you Mm -hmm. do that? And so I had no choice but to form a company because I needed to invoice them. Mm -hmm. And I did that for several years. And one of my clients was the Rockford Chamber of Commerce. Mm -hmm. And they called me for long term to plan some event for them. And when the event was over, they asked if I could stay. So I became vice president of um, planning and events for the Rockford Chamber. Okay. So that's how. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, that's how that became about. You want me to keep going? No, no, no. Yeah, well, because <clears throat> it's it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with that, mm-hmm. you. Well, there was at some point when when you and I first met, mm-hmm. there was a point where you. Um, you were just with a company. You you right. were working independently, and mm-hmm. so you had um, consulting uh, contracts. And, right. And sometimes it was multiple clients. Sometimes it was mm-hmm. maybe just one client, and, and there was more that was being being asked of you with right. that one client. Um, how w- when you think about all that, mm-hmm. the different types of clients, what is it? How is that? It sounds like when you first started, you knew what you didn't want to do mm-hmm. and and how you would maybe outgrow something and, and going from internal communications to more right. the external or the mm-hmm. international. What have you, through that element of it, what have you learned that you, um, what, what have you learned about yourself regarding what you most like to do? Where, where, when, when Kimberly's in that flow, what's, what's mm-hmm. the flow for her? I think for me, I learned that I like the planning aspect of everything. Okay. So whether it was communications, whether it was media relations, I like the strategic planning part of the communications. I learned that 
about myself because I work best on deadlines. Mm. And so without a plan or without a schedule, everything goes away for me because mm. I have a family as well mm. and I'm very conscious about how do I balance mm. what I need to do over here with with my family and everything that needs to take place there. Right. So I learned that I really, really thrive best on the planning, the the creative planning part of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and I know that obviously mm-hmm. that's been a in you know, you, there's going to be seasons, right? When you're working with a particular client or working with a particular company, there's going to be it's mm-hmm. it's going to be part of that. Uh, it, it, you can bring them so far, or or you 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 bring them to the level that they need to go, and then and then maybe it's time then to for them to move on or for you to move on. What would how do you think for you in that element of of learning about that how not to take that personal? Mm-hmm. Because that fear comes up, right? When yeah. when nine eleven happens, mm-hmm. um, literal nine elevens, and then metaphorical nine elevens, mm-hmm. right? And then we could get fearful or desperate that, um, uh, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And we start scrambling. What right. What have you learned over time? Um, what have you learned about that? A client, there'll be a season with a client mm-hmm. uh, or with a company. Um, yeah, what have you what have you done for yourself to not have to right. um, take that? Of. Yeah, take that take that so. Well, f- for me, um, when I started working with global clients, meaning Fortune 100, Fortune 500 companies, most of those contracts were long term. Okay. So I'd be working on a project with them for a year. 18 months okay. and so you get ingrained in the culture mm-hmm. you you start um, building relationships with the people that you work with because you're there so often for different meetings mm-hmm. you're there and you're in the culture and the first few times when my contract was over I felt like I had been fired mm. honestly I felt mm. like I had been fired from a job okay but after that, I started to communicate a little bit more and anticipate more. Even though they would say, okay, it's a 12-month contract. Sometimes they'll extend it for three months, mm-hmm. and then they'll extend it for another three months, and then they'll extend it for six more months. So a 12-month contract for me wasn't always 12 months. Sure. It was very often longer than that. Mm-hmm. And when it was over, it would just abruptly be over. Mm. You know, they'll run out of funding or they'll hire someone internally to do it. So Mm. it would be an abrupt thing a lot of the times. Mm. And so for me, I learned that I needed to, for my sanity, I needed to constantly communicate Mm. and ask the question, when do you anticipate this project will be ending. Uh, okay. So I could prepare myself. Okay. Or because I, once you develop a reputation in that industry, you're constantly getting calls every week mm-hmm. from different companies mm-hmm. for projects. Sure. But depending on your workload, you have to turn them down oftentimes. And so I could prepare myself to start taking additional projects so that I wouldn't feel that sense of being fired. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. to protect myself. You just brought up something that I, mm-hmm. I hear. I've said it. I've said it more than a handful of times, and I know I've heard other people say it. Is um, knowing what to say no to, so you're able to say yes to the right. Mm-hmm. In this case, clients. Tell us a little bit about about that. How do you 
now, how do you how do you know what to say no to? In my opinion, your reputation is everything. Okay. And so I say no to things that I where I know I can't fulfill the commitment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you kind of know your capabilities. You mm-hmm. kind of know mm-hmm. your time frame. I know that with this, I knew that with the schedule that I had, I couldn't travel into Chicago or I couldn't be in California every week. You know, mm-hmm. there are some commitments that companies want you to make that you know you can't make. Mm-hmm. But however, there are some things that I said yes to which were stretch goals for me. Okay. You know, there are some things I actually said yes to that I didn't even know how to do. Mm. Okay. All and right. I would tell myself, I, I know I don't know how to do that, but I want to learn by doing it. Sure. sure. There was one contract I can recall that I said yes to, and it was like going to be starting like two weeks out. I actually I actually hired out a private sessions for eight hours a day for a week to learn a program mm. to take this opportunity. Okay. It was that important to me, mm-hmm. and I and so some of these opportunities that I said yes to were stretch goals, but the majority of them were things that I felt confident and capable of doing in a way that would maximize my reputation in the industry. Gotcha. So. So I'm I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where do you think, looking back, where do you think those those things, what you just talked about? Now, mm-hmm. obviously, some of it's you you learn it over time. But how do you think you? Where did you pick that up from? Was there someone who mentored you regarding that piece of it, or was it have it happened by? Oops, I touched the <laughs> touched the hot <laughs> stove one too many times. And or how how do you like specifically like the stretch goals? Because mm-hmm. to to differentiate between what to say no to, and then at the same time a stretch goal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. Did you learn that from someone, or was that, or did you pick that up from someone, or? I actually did not pick that up from anyone. I kind of, I I wouldn't say mentored. I had mentors, but I had people that I looked at as people that if I could replicate Mm -hmm. aspects of what they were doing, then I could be very successful in this industry. Here's where I am now. Here's where I see, in my opinion, they are. And here are the gaps that I need to conti- continue to fill in order to get to that level. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And, and so when there were opportunities for me to fill those gaps, then I took those. And those would be what you would consider the stretch goals at yes. the time. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's it's it feels very familiar to what how it was when I first started um, as a, not only as a therapist but then in, in business. There wasn't anybody at that time that I was aware of that had a counseling agency that I wanted to replicate. And and so I had to go outside of the behavioral health industry to get ideas and, and, and start trying to develop a template. And how was I going to do this? Because mm-hmm. I, had, I had no idea. I knew I had a strong desire not to fail <laughs> um, right. because everything was riding on it. Um, and I the counseling part, I was I was more confident in the business part. I had never done it before, mm-hmm. and so um, so that was 
um, really looking outside of the industry, learning from, at that time, I was learning what Howard Schultz did with Starbucks and what Mm -hmm. Harley Davidson did and what... um, uh, Southwest Airlines was, you know, what they what they had done from a, from a cultural standpoint, um, from a business metric standpoint, mm-hmm. um, some of their core, you know, differentiating between core competencies and and how not to get distracted by things. And though I, I there were some of those life lessons that I had to learn by doing too. Right. Um, One of the th- you mentioned something that's interesting is, as you know, I consulted with the a, a lot of large companies. And in that process, they only bring in the best to, tra- mm-hmm. to train their mm-hmm. employees. So Dale Carnegie, Harley Davidson, some of those McDonald's, Howard, and they, they benchmark off of, even though it's a totally different industry, they benchmark some of the best companies in the world and how they do things. Mm-hmm. And so they bring their speakers in and their trainers. And even though those were not for me and I was only a consultant, I would always ask, can I sit in on that training? Mm-hmm. I know it has nothing to do with what we're what I'm here to do, but I would appreciate the opportunity and I never got a no. Sure. So I've been trained for free by some of the best in the country. Sure. And those again were stretch goals goal opportunities for me yeah. to continue to learn. Yeah. And I and I think and that's definitely what I'm hearing you say too, and very similar to my I think when my path is that Things um, on the on the journey, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> happen, and there's doors that open, right. and and sometimes having the vision to see that there's a door opening, and then having the courage to step through that, mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes uh, I very much the same way. I didn't I didn't know, and I had to do some pretty quick learning to catch up to the door I just stepped through. Right. And, um, and that's okay. Um, it's scary. It is scary. Yeah. It is scary. And, and then I think it's the same time when you said the idea of being able to know when something isn't a fit Mm -hmm. and sometimes we're fortunate enough to know ahead of time what's not a fit. Other times we, we may take something on and then we find out that it's not a fit and then we have to make some tough decisions to, you know, um, uh, you know, let something go, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that's always that's hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's been hard. very hard for me. Yeah. So um, I know the, another element of what you do is um, you you have a whole other line of, of things that you do, um, uh, writing, um, as, as speaking um, outside of what you do for clients. So tell us a little bit about that whole other world that you. That well, you my world, I would say, changed last year. So one of my clients that I was working with offered me a job Mm -hmm. that I could not refuse. Mm -hmm. So for the past year, I've been working as a full-time employee. So that is my job. Mm. And I'm pretty much doing the same thing I was doing as a consultant for them. However, I don't have a bunch of other clients that I do work for anymore. So that's one aspect of who I am. On the other side, I do have um, what I call the Unlock Your Potential platform. And basically that is an online platform. And it's it's named Unlock Your Potential because 10 years ago, um, I went from the chamber to another position that I was at in the Wisconsin area for four years. And that company downsized and my back was totally against the wall Mm. at that point. And I think that is where I had to really reach inside 
and say, okay, what skill sets can I have right now? Mm -hmm. Because I have a sense of urgency. We've built our lives around this job, this salary. And I'm obligate. I'm, I'm making a con contribution to my family based on this. Mm -hmm. So that's when my purpose and my passion really came out. Because for me, it connected to my kids. Mm. Okay. And I've always said that I'll do anything to make sure that my children have choices. Mm. I don't want them to be in a position where they don't have choices. And in order for them to have choices, then A, they have to have the very best education that we can provide them. Because without that and them being black men, their choices are immediately eliminated. Mm -hmm. Not eliminated, but they have less. Yeah. And so what can we do to make sure that they continue to have choices? And part of that is making sure that my husband and I have careers that provide opportunities for them. And so that's when I started getting the opportunities and stretched outside of the regional Rockford area mm -hmm. and became more global Okay. as okay. far as working with global companies and in the Chicago and the California area, all New York, all over the country. Okay. And <clears throat> so anyways, one of those clients offered me a full-time position. I've been doing consulting for 10 years. With that particular company? Or no, in general. In, in general, general. In general, I've yeah. done. I yeah. had done several projects with that company okay. as well. And then on the other side, when I built the Unlike Your Potential platform, I built that because people will always say to me, okay, so you're doing all of these different contracts. You're married. You have two kids that are in, like, all kinds of activities. Mm -hmm. How do you do this mm -hmm. like how do you find time for this and how do you stay motivated to even do this and so I started documenting a lot of the the processes that I use and I learned that most of it is just using the skill sets that I've been blessed with mm -hmm. it's nothing out of outside of that mm -hmm. I've reached inside myself and really understood what am I good at and how can I monetize these skills okay basically. Okay. And so the Unlike Your Potential platform is primarily focused on women. However, I do have some male clients where we, I help them tap into the skill sets they have to find out, you know, what are you really, really good at? What are you most passionate about? And how can you use that and make it into different multiple income streams for mm -hmm. yourself? Okay. And so I wrote a book called Unlike Your Potential. And that book became a bestseller. Okay. And the book basically talks about 21 actions that you first need to take before you do anything else. Mm, okay. And some of those actions include not being feeling guilty about saying no. Mm, okay. You know, understanding the people that you have around you and who can you depend on you know, to help you through those difficult times. Sure. So yeah. a lot of just 21 things that you really, really need to look at before you can take action to reach your full potential. Okay. So I have the book. I have some courses. I do some coaching. And then the, the book has turned into opportunities for multiple speaking engagements okay. around the country. And so it's a lot about, you know, just unlocking your potential, building your personal brand, and understanding how you want to present yourself to the world mm -hmm. because you're doing it already whether or not you want to or not. Mm 
Right. It's just a matter for me. I'm very conscious of it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so this idea of being intentional, right, mm-hmm. and 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 then and and being being aware and being intentional about those steps, and then how how to, as you said, maximize mm-hmm. each one of those as they unfold each one of those different things and being strategic about where you want to be, where you want to continue, continue to develop. Right. All while managing work, family and the rest of life. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's all part of it too. So, so I'm interested in this, Mm -hmm. this piece where you talk a little bit about like many of us, right? We, we, we start off, um, well, early on in our careers, we may start off in a, in a way, um, with this idea that we're just trying to prove ourselves, we're just trying to, uh, you know, make our way into something. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to survive. Sounds very dramatic, but right. but we're trying to make it right. And then and then there's these real things that come back maybe from earlier in our life. Mm-hmm. The these things where it's like um, this this like you were talking about that I have to um, put my put my sons in a position where they have choices mm-hmm. like it like the way that you said that was like that wasn't like that's not a choice they have right. to have choices right? right and you want to be able to provide mm-hmm. the opportunity for that and 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 so there's sometimes with that comes pressure right mm-hmm. and and sometimes we can be blinded by that that sense of urgency to do that and then we have this other part of finding that flow finding that that space in which we're literally in that in that space in that flow and knowing we're doing what God's intended us to do. Right. How, tell us a little bit about how balancing balancing that and not getting too distracted mm-hmm. uh, of of that urgency. I think your passion and your why have to mm-hmm. somehow meet up yeah. in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. If you're not passionate about it and you don't have something that continually drives you to reach certain goals I think you lose momentum mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know you don't have a why mm, right and and that's just totally speaking from me yep. it's not pressure for me because what I do every day is something that I enjoy doing right however I did some of the things that I didn't necessarily want to do until I got to a point where I can make choices mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I had a choice. I was offered an, offered an opportunity that I didn't have to take mm-hmm. because I was doing very well. But I chose to take that opportunity because I was passionate about what I was doing for them. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was something that I can continue to to do on a long term basis. Sure, sure. So that kind of goes to where I don't wake up every day and hate what I do. I think that a lot of people do. I think they wake up every day, they dread going to work, mm-hmm. they dread what they do. But I also understand <laughs> that there's different aspects to me. Right. You know, I'm not one to just do one thing. I'm very talented. I know that I'm very talented. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have something that can help millions of people mm-hmm. around the world. And I feel that God put me on this earth to do that Mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons why I created the unlock your potential platform I feel like God wants me to share what I'm living and what I'm learning on a daily basis and I do that through 
um, whether I'm sitting down speaking with people like you, whether I'm on stage before 500 women that don't know what they want to do right. or that hate going to work or that don't have a why, you know, so I can help them clarify some of those things through my story. Sure. Well, and I think that I, I agree with you completely about that idea of um, Victor Frankl talks about this idea of, of if you know what your why is, you can endure anyhow. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I know for me that that's a that's a huge has been a huge part for me, regardless if it was in my background with sports or if it was um, if I'm if I'm starting a new business um, initiative or, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, knowing why I'm doing it. My son asked um, recently. He he asked me if. I love what I do, mm-hmm. meaning um, the aspect of teaching and, and therapy and right. and the business development stuff. And and I and I remember pausing um, at him and going, absolutely. I mm-hmm. just, I mean, I do what I do. I happen to, to get paid to do it. Right. But Me I too. would I would do it. I'm doing it anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it even if I wasn't getting paid. I just figured right. out how. How to get compensated for it through a couple different, um, right. a couple different streams, and that idea of recreating yourself, I know, has been a huge piece for me. Um, a, a big part is, you know, how can I help other people mm-hmm. um, either um, maximize their potential or live live in that flow or right. w- different verbiage that we that we'll use. Um, there's a lot of individuals that are. Um, I think not living the best life that they could be because Correct. they because they may not going back to what you said earlier may not know um, that they can do it differently right um, either may either because of a limited because of education or limited um, uh, people that they've they've worked with mm-hmm. um, mentors guides or or just looking at it from a different perspective right. So, so when you, um, well, let me ask this, what, mm-hmm. what things, uh, what things are you doing that you're doing the platform, right? Mm-hmm. Unlock your potential platform. And so you're doing that. You obviously you have this full-time uh, mm-hmm. position that you're doing. What, what things do you have coming up? Anything new coming up or? I do. Um, we have the first book became a bestseller. And so in January of 2020, we are releasing an extended and revised edition of the same book. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We also just in November released the Unlock Your Potential Planner, which is m- not so much a planner. It looks at not just your to-do list, but your whole life. Mm. And so it starts out with the will of life. I don't, I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with that. That looks at all aspects or the main aspects of a person's life and help you create yearly goals from Mm. that so throughout the book we break down those goals into quarterly milestones throughout the planner and kind of help you to plan your weeks so that you can um, plan for work and plan for life Uh, and then we have something within that planner called the for your weekends so that you can release and recharge in preparation for the the next week as well so it's a 12-month planner and it's a weekly planner that we released in um, November which is very popular right now so okay nice okay and outside of that just the regular speaking engagements and I also have a course right now called unlock your superpower 
Okay. And so, um, and the superpower basically is that one thing about yourself or that one skill set you have that you can take and monetize into different income streams. And so a lot of people can't narrow it down to just one thing. Mm -hmm. And so what this course does, it's a five-day course, which helps, which helps you kind of narrow down to your one superpower that you would be more likely to succeed at if you expanded on it a bit. Let me, let me go with that one for mm -hmm. a second. So um, anyway, I was just having a conversation with someone about this, and I, I see many times we'll, I'll go to a – I'll go to a conference um, mm -hmm. or go to a talk, go to a conference, uh, be very uh, motivated at the time, inspired at the time. Um, and let's say it's on a Friday mm -hmm. and maybe it has to do with something to do with, in my case, it has to do with, you know, being a therapist or something along that line. And that's on Friday. I'm, this is great. This is a perfect fit. And then somehow by Monday, um, not that I don't remember, you know, the stories or remember certain aspect, aspects of it, but normal life, work life kicks in on mm -hmm. Monday. And there's a limited amount of what I was exposed to on Friday becomes part of my new normal on Monday. W let's say I wasn't the only person that experienced that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what, um, what would you say to help someone regarding that one big thing, that one thing, right, to unlock within that person. How how does it become more than just inspirational, more than just motivational? Um, how does someone, if they were going to go to your, mm -hmm. one of your workshops, how does, what, what things are put in place to maybe help more individuals actually do the work, actually go through and um, they're able to do with, they're able right. to unlock that thing. Well, I think the first thing is what we have a habit of doing is looking at the big picture. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the big shiny prize. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people start off looking at that and it becomes overwhelming to try to get to that place. Mm -hmm. So what I always tell people to do is let's start with the low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. let's start with some small milestones. You know, so when you leave that conference, you're not looking at that big shiny thing that they told you you could get can be or told you you can reach. You're looking at, OK, how can I start that? OK. You know, do I start by getting up 20 minutes early in the morning and reading up on this topic? OK. So some so some. So starting with smaller milestones, small, smaller, uh, doable goals. Mm -hmm. Right. And in and some level of and may, you didn't say this, but in my mind, I'm thinking some level of accountability. Yes. You know, maybe with someone else, but then also with yourself. Right. And if you can string a couple days together, mm -hmm. maybe you can string a couple weeks together. Right. And then maybe you can string a couple months together, and now change is going to start happening. Right. One of the things that I learned and that I always encourage people to do is tell somebody. Mm. Even even if it's one person, sure. Tell somebody that this is what you want to do, and when you s the act of just doing that makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, to to tell someone because there's a vulnerability that happens. Yes. when you when you do that. But if it if it, mm -hmm. it I mean, obviously there's certain people in our life where we tell the right person. Right. It it becomes even 
um, it, it's like gold now because, it does. because, you know, and if it's just someone that I, if I intentionally tell somebody that I know is busier than me, then I can bank that they're going to forget. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if I tell somebody that I, that I also know that they will ask me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I know which one, who, who, right. which, which person that is. And, right. and, and I think talking about the idea, d- am I sabotaging myself? Am I, am I calling person A when it's easier to tell person A the information mm-hmm. versus person B because I know it's harder because it's more real? Yeah. And I think um, I did a survey of 100 professional women. And part of that survey, survey, and it's free on my website if anyone wants to look at, at the results, but the main fear that most people have that are very skilled, they want to do something else, but they won't do it. Mm. You know why? Mm. Because they are afraid of failing in front of people. Mm. Okay. And, wh- and why do you think... What what do you think that idea of these are and these are professionals, mm-hmm. these are individuals that obviously have had some some setbacks in their life already. Right. But what do you think is different about that failing, and what does that mean to fail in front of someone? I mean, mm-hmm. versus is, is there a different way of failing? I mean, how, what 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 do you mean by that? Well, failing in front of people. I think if they put themselves out there, you know, they're already experts in their field and in their small circle of people that know them. Mm-hmm. They're doing very well. Sure. But if they step outside of what their comf- their comfort zone okay. and to broaden themselves a little bit, then more people are going to have their eyes on them. They're doing something that they already are not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And for them, they're used to staying in their comfort zone. Sure. They're used to being the best at what they're currently doing. Okay. But they want to take that to the next level where they may not be the best anymore. So it's that goes back to that stretch goal that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. That <clears throat> the people who are um, they'll stay safe and not stretch themselves. Right. And if you stretch yourself, inevitably you're going to be in front of people. You're risking, yeah, unco- being uncomfortable, not knowing. Yes. And there's a learning curve. Yeah, I think for me, um, here when I was here in Rockford. I was in media relations, so I was in the newspaper all the time, on WZROK all the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of um, media and a lot of um, good experiences, awards, and all of that here in the regional area. Mm -hmm. However, when I went global and I started being in these huge companies, like the company I work for now has 17 buildings on campus. It's like going to a college campus. Sure. It's yeah. huge. And people don't know me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm coming in here. I'm thinking I know it all because I people know me here mm-hmm. in Rockford. And I go there and I was a small fish in a very, very large pond. Mm-hmm. And that made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bet. And I failed a lot in front of those people. And, and how, in those cases, what, how did you... Uh, what did you do, mm-hmm. you know, when you talked about failing in, in front of them? Um, how did you pick yourself back up? What did you, mm-hmm. how did you reframe that to keep going? One of the things I had to to do is a lot of times admit that I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm coming in as a consultant. I know my thing. I know what I'm supposed to do. 
but I don't know the global aspects of the company. So I need to learn that. Mm -hmm. I need to learn the culture here. I need to learn your way of speaking because your way of speaking here and the way you move in this city is totally different from the way they move in Rockford, Illinois. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I had to catch up. Gotcha. And I had to talk to people to say, hey, how does this work around here? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I've been doing this this way. Is that the way you guys are used to doing it here? Okay. No, we don't do it that way here. This is how you should do it. Yeah, okay. So, you know? so even though as a consultant, for you, one of the, your big learning lessons is that mm-hmm. even though you're getting paid to come in there and have answers right you realized pretty quickly mm-hmm. it's more about having questions yeah. and asking those questions in order to give them the answers that they need yeah yeah or help them find the answers yes. that they need right mm-hmm. um, because sometimes I think that's what we end up doing a lot it's kind of like when you are talking about your your platform your you know your mm-hmm. book is that you don't have necessarily their answers you're just asking them the questions right because the answers lie within them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of terms I, I learned there that I had to listen more. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first got there, I felt like I had to prove myself. Sure. I had to prove that I knew what I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. And one person said to me, we know you know your stuff. We, you wouldn't be here if we didn't think that. Yeah. So let us give you the bigger picture of it first yeah. and then go from there. And that for me was a wake-up call. So yeah. now I listen a lot more and ask questions when I need to ask questions versus talking to be heard mm-hmm. or talking to pr- prove myself in some sure. kind of way. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally makes sense. I mean, I know that is a lot, a lot of times in the different things that I do, very, mm-hmm. very similar, um, very similar aspects of it. And so, um, and I think that uh, regardless if it's one-on-one coaching or if it's executive mm-hmm. coaching, um, or working with a company as a whole, right. um, or, or an individual talking about their own, it's mm-hmm. about it's about asking those questions, looking within ourselves, being aware of, you know, what are these these urgencies, right? What are these things that are pushing us? Because they can be blind spots. Right. They can give us energy, but they also can blind us. Um, and um, but knowing that um, as you're honing in on those things that God's um, placed within you um th- that those those gifts mm-hmm. um if we were using those words um and then how do you how do you bring that out to the world right how do you bring that out right. um, because when we're in that flow it just things are easier yeah. i mean they, <laughs> they they're just just easier kim uh, kimberly as we get ready to wrap up mm-hmm. if there was anything that you would want to uh, share for whoever's listening um what would be one thing you would want to to part with her sure I guess my thing would be to just keep going mm-hmm. you know don't stop at comfortable mm-hmm. you know keep going with your hands shaking mm-hmm. your knees trembling mm-hmm. you know your voice cracking keep going when naysayers say you mm-hmm. shouldn't do that sure you know everyone has that gut feeling or that something that they're striving for Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason or whatever barrier is put in front of us, a lot of times those are not barriers. Those are excuses. Mm-hmm. My advice would be to keep moving forward anyways. Yeah. You know, everyone was put on this earth with a skill set. 
Everyone was put on this earth with something that they can offer to the world. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is make the choice to use what you have at this moment and start moving forward. You really don't need anything else. Sure. So all of that, oh, I need more education, or I, I need more money, or I'm waiting for the kids to get older. Start where you are with yeah. what you have. That's yeah. enough. Yeah. And... and like you said, just starting mm-hmm. and, and, and being able to have those individuals that can help you help you. Right. right. And, um, I think there's that element of being able to, um, you know, what things can you do to be aware of how to help yourself be successful, right. right? Um, setting up certain things, double binding yourself so that you are less likely to back out of it. Right. And, and tell somebody, yeah. um, my, consultant business really didn't jump off really big globally until I I actually picked up the phone and called someone that I had attended a conference with and just started talking to her saying hey I was laid off on my job do you know anything that's out there and she's like why don't you consider this call this person and my life changed with that one phone call sure yeah Kimberly, thank you very much for being here. Thank if you. if someone wanted to um, be in contact with you, what would be the best way for them to um, either get your book or get any of your information or, okay. or know more about you? What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, the best way to get a hold of me is through my website, and it's KimberlyBuchanan.com. That's K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. B-U-C-H-A-N-A-N.com. Okay. Um, and there's free resources there um, for you to get started, or you can reach out to me. I'm also on um, Instagram at Kim S. Buchanan. Okay. So you can always message me there as well. Perfect. Well, Kimberly, okay. thank you very much for being thank here. You. and And also, most importantly, what you're doing for people all over mm-hmm. and for uh, for men and women as well as um, for businesses so thank you so much so thank you for being here um, just as Kimberly was talking about this idea that um, we are all created with um, a certain level of skill sets and it is our responsibility to um, uncover those things and and move into those things um, though it may be scary um, that work is um, beyond reward Thank you very much for being with us, and I look forward to being with you next week.